Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. You are Christ alone. You are Lord over all. And so today, we give you thanks that you are God. And so it's so wonderful to be in the presence of, uh, with your people, the family of God, and Jesus, to be lifting your name up high. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, be praised here in our midst. God, we just thank you so much for you. Lord, I just want to pray uh, for area churches, Dan Miller and uh, Grace Fellowship, that you bless that church today. Thank you for Dan as he's going to be leading with, uh, as we join together with other pastors from the round table to just how do you deal with life in these really uh, hard days? And uh, Lord, thank you for him being willing to lead us as pastors through that conversation this week and bless uh, his church. And, and the, it's really your church, Lord, and we thank you for him. And now, uh, Lord, we're just grateful for uh, the prayer conference. Thank you for a great time with the people uh, who gathered online and in person. How beautiful it is when your people humble themselves and cry out to you in one voice crying out to the Lord to ask you to come work in our hearts and use us to declare your praises to others. So, Father, thank you so much. And now, Lord, we just praise you. We pray that your word would be clear and, Lord, it would be uh, causing, persuading us to uh, live more and more as uh, aligned with your word and with you as Lord over all. So thank you, God. You are Lord over all. We confess that. Help us, Lord, as we desire to live that way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning to you all. How are you? Good. You're pretty silent. How are you? There is good. That's awesome. Thank you, Stuart. And um, so it's good to hear from you. And um, I'm John Adams, if you didn't know, lead pastor here at the Vine, and uh, so together we have been looking at just this series of um, really prepare to flourish, and today we're going to be diving in more into Mark's gospel, into Mark chapter 8, and uh, really the bottom line of what we're going to look at is really that Jesus himself is the healer today as we prepare really to be healed. And uh, it may be possible that in your life you need physical healing here today. Uh, But the reality is that every one of us in this room needs some kind of healing. Would you agree that we need, first of all, healing in our nation? All right, with what's going on with COVID, with political unrest and struggles back and forth with racial tensions. There's just so much going on and so much hard things that we're facing as a nation. And we're asking God for him to come and bring healing. And and also, secondly, just think about healing in families. I know uh, Pastor Tim and I were just, and Mark, Pastor Mark and I, we were just all thinking about marriages. And we probably have more people that we're pouring into right now with what's going on with hardships and marriages. Even in our congregation, it's, it's, it's pushing people and sometimes in really 
you know, difficult ways. And now families and students are, you know, there's lots of pressure on them. And, uh, and I'm thankful for, for you guys being here and several of you being here at the prayer conference too. But just the healing we need for families. And uh, so we're asking for that. And then just healing for us in, in, inside of us. You know, I know, I just talk to people and I know some of you are really lonely. I, especially, guys, if you have a family or married, look for a single today in this congregation. Someone who's sitting alone, you can go encourage, even with mask on, okay? But, but people are struggling today. They're alone and they're feeling that pain and they need uh, they, need, they need help, or they're, they're isolated, or they're feeling sad, or, or, or uh, maybe you would even be bold enough to stand up and say, I'm actually feeling angry. <laughs> Any of you want to do that right now? <laughs> Probably not, right? <laughs> but there's so much struggle going on in these days, and we need healing internally in these ways. So, it, uh, so today, it's pro- probable that every one of us needs some kind of healing. And here's the good news that we're going to see from this God's word today is this. Here it is. Jesus has come to heal you. Praise God, Jesus has come to heal you. He alone can help you in your hardest struggles in your life. And so we want to look at God's word and see that this is true. And we're going to look at Mark chapter 8 and verse beginning in verse number 22. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And I'll remind you that this is God's holy, precious word. We put ourselves under the authority of God's word. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid on his hands, his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. And he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. This is God's word. So as we look at uh, this passage today, we're going to look at two questions. The first one is, why did Jesus heal? And the second is, why did he send the blind man home? So first of all, why did Jesus heal? Verse 22 says, and they came to Bethsaida. Who is that? That's Jesus and his 12. They came to a town. This is a town up in northern Israel, on the, just off the Sea of Galilee, called Bethsaida. And, and, and this town was not only known by the, the, the apostles, the disciples, it was the hometown for Peter, Andrew, and Philip. And so this is a well-known place. And yet, even though these become, this becomes the hometown of three apostles, not just one, but three, this became known as a town known for its unbelief. In fact, Jesus cursed this town. 
in Luke chapter 10, verses 13, 9, per, pronounced judgment on it for because of its unbelief. And we know that Jesus didn't do much healing in towns of unbelief. But here we see in this passage that this is exactly what happens. And it says in verse 22, and they came to Bethsaida and some people brought to him a blind man. You see, uh, these some people were probably friends or family members. They were definitely known by the disciples. This village, it says a village in some translations, was probably no more than two to five hundred people. You knew those folks. And, uh, And these people bring a blind man to Jesus in this town of Bethsaida. And it says that they begged him, begged Jesus to touch him. We don't know about their faith, but these friends or family members believed that Jesus could heal their blind friend. And this this example of these friends bringing another friend to Jesus is much like, remember when in earlier in Mark chapter 2, verse 3, when the four friends lowered their friend, the paralytic, on a, a mat through the roof. They cut a hole in the roof, sent him down. They lowered him down to Jesus because it was so crowded. But here these friends bring their friend, this blind man in Bethsaida, to Jesus. And uh, in verse, uh, it goes on to say that, he, and that in verse 23, and they begged him, 22, he begged him to touch him. They entreated him. They implored him, please, Jesus, will you heal this man of his blindness? And so in this passage, we see, what does Jesus do? Well, he does what he often does. He brings healing, but look how he does this. This is really interesting and and a bit unusual. Look at verse 23, tells us that he took the blind man by the hand. It was a tender way of leading someone, but he takes him, he's blind, and he leads him outside of the village. And there, last week, we saw how Jesus cast out a demon and healed a father's son from Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. A couple of weeks ago, we saw how Jesus had compassion on the crowds when they were hungry and he fed them. Here, Jesus clearly has compassion on this blind man. But he does something really interesting. He heals this man in a a one-of-a-kind New Testament two-part healing process. This is the only story we have here in the Bible of Jesus doing it this way. And notice here in part one of the healing, he first of all spits on his eyes. Now, This is not something that a lot of us would appreciate someone doing, right? Right? Having someone spit in our eyes. But here Jesus spits in this man's eyes, and it actually is a sign in that culture of, it was of tenderness and of care. And it was uh, was showing this man actually uh, not disrespect, but actually care. And he, verses 23 and 24 says, he puts his hands on him. And what happens? He goes, he says that he, in verse 23, do you see anything? Verse 24, and he looked up and said, the blind man said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. So now he's, he's, he has some sight, but he can't see really well. He's like, it's a little foggy and he's not seeing well. 
And then part two is, once again, Jesus lays hands on the blind man in verse 25. And then verse 25 says, the blind man, his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So here's the question is, for, uh, for, this, for us in this passage, is why did it take Jesus two times to heal him? <laughs> why couldn't he get it right the first time, the first try? But remember that Jesus healed the blind and sick by his sovereign word. We know this, here, but here Jesus takes two steps to heal this, this blind man. But in the rest of scripture, we know he can speak and command someone to be healed, and they are healed instantly. Remember who Jesus is. He is the sovereign Lord of the universe, who at the, before the foundation of the world, he spoke and the worlds came into existence. Don't you think he could heal a blind man with just a word? Right? Right, church? Right. And the answer is he can. He is sovereign. He is Lord. With just a word, he could bring that healing. And so here we see likely that the primary reason why Jesus heals this man in this way is to teach us maybe another kind of lesson. Um, we see, notice this, when he takes this blind man out, outside the village, who is with him? His apostles. And his apostles, he is probably teaching them, look, a couple things. First of all, I can heal any way, any time, and in any process that I want to. I am God, and I'm going through this process. But also, we see the disciples here in this passage are the ones who are actually the ones who are struggling with their faith. They become, these disciples become ultimately the apostles, the foundation of the church. And they're still struggling with faith. And they are in process, if you will. And Jesus is patient with them. He's kind with them. And he's showing them not just, just through miracles, but through his way he's teaching, modeling to himself that he is the Lord of the universe, that to simply trust in me. And through your life and through time, I will bring you healing. I will forgive your sins. I will heal you from the inside out. And so here, the big question throughout Mark's gospel, as you remember, is who is this Jesus? And Jesus repeatedly stated his big why. And he answers it in Mark 10.45, where he says this, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. He said it a different way in Luke's gospel, Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. His mission was to finish the work we could not do for ourselves. Jesus, see, he compassionately heals this blind man, and his mission is not simply to restore physical sight, but to bring complete, ultimately, restoration of all things. And we know that from Romans chapter 8, 19 through 21. And we also see that in Revelation 21.5. Remember at the end of history, Jesus says what? Behold, I make all things new. 
Or, or said just a little differently, physical healings were part of Jesus' plan to point to his spiritual healing of people who believe in him and at the end of history, the restoration of all things, his creation. So why did Jesus heal? That's why Jesus healed. He had a plan. He had a mission. And he was focused on his mission ultimately. But secondly, why did he send the blind man home? Uh, verse 26 says, And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not ev even enter the village. Now why? Well, why did he do that? You know, if we were Jesus, and, and if I was Jesus, and I just, we were just a part of seeing this blind man healed, we'd say, go witness. This is a perfect opportunity to, for you to tell many. People will gather. People will be moved by this. I mean, they knew he was blind, and now he can actually see. They knew that they would know that Jesus had power and that he could change and he could do miracles. But Jesus was, Jesus was not doing it for that reason. You know, we would, we would write this story. We would probably do, do this so differently. But Jesus himself knew this. This town was hardened in unbelief. And he knew that a couple things. They would either just bring people to get their bodies fixed without their heart, addressing their hearts. Or we've seen at the feeding of the 4,000, they would, crowds would gather and try to force him to become king before Jesus fulfilled his ultimate mission of dying on the cross and being raised to life and fulfilling his mission to, to finish the work that the Father sent him for. But what's interesting of this passage here is this, is the healing of the blind man of Bethsaida begins a section called the way section. Now remember this, that remember they're in the Sea of Galilee and it is 76.1 miles from Jerusalem. I know that because I looked it up today. And so they're walking at the beginning of this, at this beginning of this story and when it says verse 22, they're now starting to head towards Jerusalem. And this section begins with the healing of the blind man from Bethsaida, and it's bookend at the end of this section when they are just ready to arrive in Jerusalem. Just before that, it's the healing of the blind man, Bartimaeus, in Jericho. And so they're on the way to Jerusalem. And why are they going to Jerusalem? Why? Anyone? Why are they going to Jerusalem? Jesus is going to die. He's going to die on the cross. And he tells them that, these disciples, three times this. In Mark 8.31, in Mark 9.31, and in Mark 10.32-34. And each time he clearly said, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again from the third day. And what did they say? These are the future apostles of the church. What did they say? We don't get it. We don't know why. And, or they, they change the subject to their agenda. You remember, uh, well, if you looked at the, the passage at Mark 10.36, he asked the 12 this question. Just He asked them, what do you want for me to do for you? I mean, the, these blind men, Bartimaeus 
And the guy in Bethsaida, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Heal me. But what do the disciples ask for? In Mark 10, 36, James and John are arguing about who's going to sit at Jesus' right and who's going to sit on his left. They're focused on their own agenda. They're focused on their wants, their position in the kingdom, and they're completely missing it. But those blind men, Bethsaida and Bartimaeus, they know their powerlessness. They know their weakness. And they seem to, in these passages, to simple to do what Jesus says when he instructs them. And they know exactly what they want him to do. So these two stories of the healing of the blindness begins and conclude the way to Jerusalem and Jesus' ultimately death. And and the rest of Mark's gospel, chapters 11 through 16, are all about his time in Jerusalem and his called his passion narrative, where he is preparing to ultimately die on the cross and be raised from the dead. And, And here's the point. Jesus came not simply to grant physical sight. He came to restore spiritual sight to those who know their need and ultimately to complete restoration. His focus is to fulfill his life purpose through his death and resurrection, not only guaranteed that all who believe in him as the Messiah would receive eternal life, but all things will be restored, as we've seen in Romans 8 and Revelation 21. Guys, Jesus has come to heal you, to heal us and all who believe in him. So how do you begin to apply this passage to your life and to our lives together? Well, the first thing that I think about is that God is able to heal you physically. I've seen him do great miracles when I've prayed for people, and I've seen him not. And I don't understand why or why not he doesn't do that. But I remember when my daughter, Melissa, was... Just a pound 13 ounces was one of the big time miracles I saw. Her Jewish neonatologist, Dr. Goldberg, said, Go say goodbye to her. She's not going to live. And she did. God answered, obviously, our prayers. And for some reason, He restored her life and He healed her. But I've had elders that I've prayed for healing and they've died. And I don't understand, church, why or why not, but I know that God is a God who can do great and mighty things. And so I would ask you to to pray and ask God to heal you and pray for the physical healing of others who are hurting. I'll just give you one other simple example. This may not seem big, but even this weekend, um, my oldest daughter and her husband Brad and their three kids, two, two kids and a foster son are moving into our basement. And oh boy, what a weekend this has been. And it's been a lot of this, you know, it's been interesting. It's been good. We're really glad to have them there. What a precious time for us to be with these, these kids. We can't wait to make these memories. But when they, the first, first day when I came home from the, the, the prayer conference the first evening, 
Brad's on the couch and he's just hurting. He had been to the hospital. Something's going on with his stomach. We don't know exactly what's going on. He said, I've never been in such pain. And I just paused. And after we talked for a moment, I said, can I pray for you? And I prayed for him and, you know, just simple prayer, nothing fancy, and prayed in Jesus' name, God, would you heal Brad? Would you help him? And he said, <laughs> at that moment, he's like, he said, John, after he, like an hour later, he said, John, after you prayed, the pain went away. And he hasn't had the pain since. So, guys, does God answer prayers? The answer is yes. Yes, he does. And so we need to continue to ask him to heal us. And one way we, we do this is utilize elders at our church. And, and if you are struggling with physical issues, please let one of our pastors know our elders that you need prayer and we'll get around you with our elders. James 5, 13 through 18 talks about this kind of elder prayer that is powerful. So we need to trust him for physical healing. And probably, honestly, for you, for you and me, we need to trust him when we pray for physical healing and it doesn't happen. It's at those times I don't understand because I think, Lord, I'm crying out. I'm trusting you as best I can. And sometimes people get sick and they die. And we just say, Lord, you are Christ alone, Lord of all. Through the storms, you are Lord. You are Lord. Lord of all. You see, I just want to encourage you today that if, if you're not a Christian and you've been, you've been coming here for a while, that uh, I know in some area of your life, you probably need some healing too. You might be lonely, sad. You're struggling um, with, with something, maybe, maybe you're not, you could be struggling financially or physically, but maybe not. But maybe it's just in your emotions internally. You are bound up in some way, and you know that. Well, God Himself can help you. He says that He has created everyone with a, with a God sized vacuum, a shaped vacuum that only He can fill it. And I would just encourage you today that if you don't know Christ, that you would just come and please consider to humble yourself in his presence and say, God, I've tried everything. I've strived. I've, I've worked hard. I thought I've had solutions. I've, but in the end, these things have not worked. And I want to encourage you to and, and just simply cry out to God, Jesus, I'm done with seeking my solutions. You are the Savior. You are the Lord. I turn from my sins and I put my simple faith in you. And Christian, look, you know you need him too. Every one of us are going through different areas where we need God to heal us. Because I know this because, look, every one of us still struggle with sin. And we ourselves, with that struggle, are go through and see the brokenness 
of our life and that we ultimately don't have the solution by going the direction and keeping our agendas. And we have to come to the place of saying, God, Christ alone, you are the healer. You see, Jesus, Jesus has come today to heal you. Will you? Will you simply just acknowledge your need? Humble yourself before the Lord. And then ask him, God, God, you're the healer. Please, please, completely pour out your your healing and your work in my life. James 5.16 says, interesting words as we prepare our hearts for his table. Confess your sins to one another, James 5.16, and pray for one another that you may be, what? Was Healed. That you may be healed. It's an interesting word. He, what James is saying here, is teaching us, is that we can't just go alone in We need to have a church family, a small group, a life group, a study group, a a D group, someone close to us in this church that we trust enough to even not just share our our celebrations, but our struggles with our sin. Are we in the place where we're doing this? Do you have someone in your life where you're confessing your sins to one another and pray for one another? You may be healed. I'd invite you to consider to, to, to ask God to give you that. If you don't have that person in your life or that group. So as we prep now today for the Lord's Supper, I want to invite you to ask this question of yourself. Just take a moment right now, preparing your heart, and ask Jesus, Lord, how do you want to heal me today. You see, every one of us need healing. Will you ask him? If you don't know what that is, invite the Holy Spirit to to show you that, that in your heart and mind as we just take just a couple moments of just quiet reflection and meditation. Let's go before our Lord as we prep our hearts for his table. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.